And welcome in to this week's edition of Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also on uh, Facebook Live, the 1010XL Florida Gator Facebook page. Ryan the Hacker Green, Denny Thompson along with you. Glad you are with us, Denny. The month of July is here. We can officially say now next month in Orlando, Florida, it will be Florida and Miami. Uh, still a little bit of ways away, but, you know, you look at that calendar, uh, what, I guess practice, fall drills, because the Gators and the Hurricanes start so early, fall drills will begin in about three and a half weeks. Yeah, you, you know, in, in our business, it's winter media days. Right. Media days kind of start it. Um, media days are, what, two weeks away? Yeah, less than two weeks away. So I think the Gators are there, yeah, two weeks from yesterday, maybe. Yeah, so around two weeks away, and, you know, in the quarterback training world, we are, like, pedal to the metal right now. Um, transitioning into game work and stuff like that. So it's it's going to be here. I mean, it, I think I saw yesterday somebody posted his 23 days of the Jag start camp. Um, so if you got any vacations you need to get, you better get them now. Hack. There's no question. There's no question. I got one coming in Maine. Uh, Heidi wants to go see the family uh, right before football season starts because, as you mentioned, once football season gets here, our lives are pretty much over yeah. until Christmas, roughly. Uh, a lot of things going on in the world of the Florida Gators. I uh, want to hit on a lot of topics. We will begin – with one of Denny's specialty. Now, if you don't know, Denny does a Six Points Academy. He's like the owner of Six Points here in Jacksonville. It's a quarterback training. And Denny, uh, not to, you know, love on you too much, but your company has basically exploded yeah, in, no, it has. in the it last has. year or so. Yep. I mean, you're not only training guys in the Jacksonville area, you're training, dare I say, some NFL players off in the offseason. Mm-hmm. You're doing a lot of college football quarterbacks as well. You work with a lot of guys, not only in Jacksonville, but around the region and starting to be around the country. One of them is Anthony Richardson. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Richardson, you work with very closely. Anthony Richardson, the Florida Gator commitment for the 2020 class. Anthony Richardson was involved in the Elite 11 passing camp in the past week or so. What can you tell us about his experience and how he performed out there? Well, he's still performing, so he's still out there. Um, But the thing, I was was excited for Anthony because – it was the first chance we were going to get to see some of this work that we've put in together. So Anthony, raw as the day is long, but talented as the day is long. Like, I've told you this, baseline talent, you could make an argument that he may be the best in the country um, with his skill set. He proved that yesterday at the at the Elite 11. He had the longest throw, biggest arms, the longest throw. Um, my guess is uh, when they release the 40 times, he probably has the fastest 40 time. And he's a grown man. And so we, we've worked really hard the last, I'll say, month on Anthony with just let's, let's crawl, walk, run, right? Mechanically, let's kind of start over. Some pocket movements, let's kind of start over. And Gator Nation, here's what I can tell you about Anthony Richardson. The single most coachable kid I've ever worked with. That's saying a lot. You've worked with a lot of them. He's, he's humble. He's smart, like really smart. Um and he knows how to apply. So it's like most kids, we, we have this process where, I'm not going to get technical about it, but it's, training's pretty boring the first few times because we really are working on basics. But it wasn't boring for him because he was so, he's a why guy. He wants to know, okay, why? Why, why does this equal that? Mm-hmm. And if this happens, what does it mean? What, what am I doing wrong? And so it's the first glimpse we've gotten of Anthony at full speed. We tried to recreate it. And from every report that I've gotten, it has gone remarkably well. Now, will he finish in the top 11? I don't know. It doesn't look like it. He's got to be one of the first couple out. But Gator fans, don't, like, don't get tied into that. Like, you're talking about 
you're talking about guys that are up there who have been training for this for years. Anthony legit has been training for Elite 11 since school ended. Right. Or, you know, actually, I mean, I guess right before spring ball started. Well, and just to bring it full circle, too, you also trained Jeff Sims out of right. Sandalwood, the Florida State commitment. He was out there. You trained Carson Beck, the Mandarin quarterback, the Georgia commitment. He was out there. So you alone at six points had three quarterbacks right. participating and, in Elite 11. And those two have been training. Like I mean, when I say specific, ugh, I can't talk specifically for Elite 11, what I mean by that is Elite 11 is you've got to tie your eyes and your feet together. you got to go through NFL-type reads. Um, you've got to learn that game. Well, Carson and Jeff have been learning that game for the past two, three years. Right. You know, so I just – I think the showing that Anthony has had um, has been beyond my expectations. Um, and, and I think if, if you asked him, he probably would admit beyond his expectations. Let me ask you this. There's a lot of people listening to this podcast. There's a lot of people watching us right now on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Is there a guy, whether in college or even in the NFL for that matter, any guy that I say, can you compare Anthony Richardson to somebody? Because a lot of people have not seen – Richardson's tape a lot of people haven't seen his film you've worked with the kid a lot over the last couple of months can you compare his game to anybody yeah that people can relate to yeah and it's the reason why I'm really digging into Anthony I mean really we we, we talk all the time and I'm investing a ton into Anthony because he reminds me so much of Joey Gatewood oh okay. so much of who former Bartram Trail quarterback now at Auburn now at Auburn and if you talk to the Auburn staff the Auburn staff is beside itself excited about Joey because they're saying Joey is Cam Newton. Yeah. Um, very similar guys, like really similar guys. In fact, the Florida staff, before I started talk, working with Anthony, that was their comparison, is this is this is Cam. This, this is Cam to us. Um, so I, I think, you know, it's easy for, for people to say, you know, look at Anthony, or for me to say, look at Anthony, look at Joey, and they're miles ahead of where Cam was at this point. But when Cam came up, he didn't have all these resources either. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, Cam may have been in that same place. But that's the comparison. That's the comparison right there. He's more athletic than Dak Prescott, if we're, if we're staying with Mullen-era quarterbacks. Um, and he's got more than a serviceable arm. Can he become a good passer? Absolutely. Um, he's got all the instincts to do it. His, his feet have improved a thousand percent, and that's mostly him. Now, let me ask you this. If this is Felipe Frank's final year in Gainesville, you've also done some work with Emory Jones. Emory Jones is there at Florida. Anthony Richardson comes in in the spring. Could we see a quarterback competition, Emory Jones versus Anthony Richardson, this time next year? Yeah, I think we could. Now, I, I mean, I've only seen Emory a few times. Like, I, I haven't really – and so I've seen him more, like, at Florida practices. But, yeah, yeah, I absolutely think we we could. Um, Anthony has a college-style body now. So right. he's, he's not going to need to go in there and put on a ton of weight. What are his dimensions, 6'3", six, 6'4"? Six, he's every bit of 6'4". Okay. He's 6'4". He weighed when he was in um, with us two weeks ago, and he was 226. Wow. So 224, something like that. 225, all right. Now. Yeah, yeah, so he's he's a big kid. I just don't know. When you get to that level, it's, okay, how do you handle – the playbook and the playbook. Let me, let me drop some knowledge for the people listening to the podcast here. When we say playbook, people think physical book, mm -hmm. right? Like, okay, I need to learn what this play is. At the at the college level and the NFL level, it's not learning necessarily what the play is; it's learning what the checks are. And so I've got 
when I call a play and when somebody calls a play in college football, you have the base play, and then if it's let's say you got three receivers on one side, one on the other, well then that one has got you know four or five different option combinations that the quarterback has to know. They have to be on the same page, and if they're in a certain defense, there's any number of three or four checks off of that play. Right. So it's not just about arm strength. It's you not, and have it's not it even here. about memorization. Okay. It's about recognition. Yeah. And that's the thing that when when quarterbacks get into a system brand new, they struggle with. And then they quickly realize, okay, 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 there's a reason, there's a rhyme to this, and they start to think the way the OC thinks, and then it becomes a little easier. If he can get that down, because Florida is a check-based offense, um, he could he could compete. Well, we'll see what happens. Again, Anthony Richardson out at the Elite 11. He is the Gator quarterback commitment, a four-star. Well, he will be a four-star. Is he a, I think he's, he's a four-star now. He's a four-star now. Yep. Yeah, he just got his four-star. Right. So a four-star quarterback out of Gainesville that is a part of Dan Mullen's 2020 Florida Gator recruiting class, a class, by the way, right now that is still in the top ten nationally for the class of 2020. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. All right couple of stories that are interesting that have happened in the last, say, seven to ten days. We will begin with a story that kind of made some news a few weeks ago back in the spotlight yesterday after an article on DogNation.com. Mike Griffith is a writer for Dog Nation, as you can tell. That is a Georgia Bulldog website. And um, we've had Mike Griffith on in the past. He used to write for the Knoxville News Sentinel. I think he does a good job. He's friends with Matt Hayes, who is on XL Primetime here on 1010XL. And we got Mike on yesterday to talk about his article. And basically the point of the article was $35 million in revenue is what the city of Jacksonville gets for the Florida-Georgia, Georgia-Florida game, whatever you want to call it's it. It's Florida-Georgia. <laughs> Florida-Georgia. Uh, of that $35 million, Georgia doesn't see uh, but a penance of that money. I uh, talked about the travel issues Georgia has getting here and talked about the recruiting issues that Georgia has saying they miss out, they being Georgia, Mike Griffith says this, they miss out on their most important recruiting weekend of the year because you cannot recruit, uh, have players in for visits in Jacksonville during the Florida-Georgia game. There was a lot to dissect from that article, a lot to dissect from the interview we had with him yesterday. Your overall thoughts, I know you heard the interview when you heard Mike Griffith say what he did one day ago? Well, my first thought is, and I, and I like, I mean this, I like Dog Nation. Like, they do a really good job. Oh, I agree. They cover Georgia and, very well. And I have a really good relationship with those guys. Um, Jeff Centel is, 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 a, is very good at his job up there. Um, in fact, Jeff is the one feeding me videos from Elite 11 sure. right now. So I, 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 I'm going to say this, and I don't want this to come out wrong because I do respect them. They're being played. They're being played by the University of Georgia right now. This is a money game, and that's it. And the easiest way that you can build a narrative is through your fan base, right? Um, it's almost as if Kirby Smart gave them talking points. There's no doubt. But saying, here, because, say this or write this. Because here's the flaw. Here's the flaw in this. Is they say they're losing a recruiting weekend, right? No, they're not. They're not losing a recruiting weekend. Um, when I go to Georgia, which is – I've gone several times. Do you know the first thing in every recruiting video? The the red and black on one side, the orange and blue on the other, and the Florida-Georgia game. And you get a chance to play in this environment. They're not that. They're focused on that in their recruiting. Yeah, it's they're not. It's they're, the most unique environment in college football. They're building recruiting around that game. I think I told you this. Me and my wife, who is a Georgia fan. And my youngest son went up in March, 
And we got in the van, and on every screen playing was the Florida-Georgia game. Right. I saw the recruiting video. It is mostly the Florida-Georgia game. It's interviews about what's different about it, how cool it is. Y'all are not fooling anybody. You're not losing recruiting. That's helping you in the recruiting. Well, one thing that Mike Griffith said as well that um, I took issue with, but then in thinking about it 24 hours now, uh, maybe. All right. And what, what he said was the players themselves – they miss out on an opportunity if you're Georgia to play Florida between the hedges or travel to the swamp. You miss out on that opportunity to play a true road game in Gainesville or to play a true home game in Athens against the Gators. And I got to thinking, yeah, maybe that's true. But my overall thought on it, Denny, is, yeah, but they're getting to witness and experience the most unique atmosphere in college football, something of which that 98% of college football players don't, a true 50-50 neutral site game that always has conference championship, if not national championship, ramifications. It's not about, to me, what they're losing and not playing a true road game at the Swamp. It's what they're gaining with the 50-50 split. But you brought up an interesting point off air. That's the media guy. Right. That's the fan. Right. You had a former Georgia Bulldog player in studio on your show last night on Sports Den that maybe agreed with uh, Mike no, Griffith's thoughts. Without, without even thinking about it. And he's from Jacksonville. He, and he said, he goes. That's Javon Wims. Javon Wims, who's with the Chicago Bears now. And he, and he said, he goes, it was cool for me because I'm from Jacksonville. Um, but I really would have liked to have played a game in the Swamp. To be able to say that, you know, I played, and especially a rivalry game in the Swamp. And, and he made the point, he's like, you know, elite athletes love to shut up the the home crowd. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and to be able to play Florida in between the hedges. That's all good. And I do believe that probably 80% of the players are like that. Now, I think when you remove them 10, 15, 20 years, they may come back to the other side and they may have a story to tell their kids. Oh, I think they do. Like, yeah. I've talked to many former dogs and former Gators, like you said, that played in the late 90s, early yeah. 2000s. I ask them about the experience. They rave about playing in Jacksonville. Yeah, so I, I, I think there's something to both sides of it, but make no mistake about this. This is 100% a money play. This is 100% of Georgia setting the table for negotiations with the city of Jacksonville and with TV contracts and with everybody else going, you're going to give us more money. And you know what's going to happen? They're going to get more money. Why is it, and normally, and, and maybe, maybe it is a money issue, maybe that's all it is, like you said, but... We normally hear the chatter about moving the game away from Jacksonville when Georgia's getting boat raced out of the stadium by Tebow or by Danny Warfel in the past. Georgia has done well in this series as of late. Now, uh, obviously, last year they won. Granted, Florida's won a couple recently as well. But it's not as if Florida has an overwhelming advantage. Clearly, Georgia's got the advantage right now. That's why the timing of this is interesting. Also, when you consider there's three years left on the deal. I mean, it doesn't expire until after the game in 2021, so there's quite a lot of time let, let, to have this conversation. So let me tell you why this is happening right now. It's think Florida Urban Meyer. That's where Georgia is without the national championships. Yeah, that's a little shot that I gave them. But, yes, okay, that's where they're at. From it's well a, over 4,000 days From now. an excitement standpoint. And so when, 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 you, when you're at that point, here's what happens um, is when you buy season tickets, you have to give a donation. Yeah. That donation is based on demand. So if all of a sudden now you've got your regular home slate, which in any given year can include Georgia Tech and Auburn and, I mean, some good teams, Tennessee or whatever it is, and now you throw Florida in there, do you know what happens to that donation number Mm -hmm. that you, that you have to give while you have momentum? 
um, to have the right to purchase the season tickets, you're talking about you start multiplying that over, you know, 65,000 season tickets that they want to sell if you take away the student tickets and all that. And you're talking about millions upon millions upon millions of dollars just in donations to the university. And it is a proven fact that as long as you put in a decent product, people will continue to pay that. Right. And so that's why it's coming up now is they're looking at it. They're collecting all this money from season tickets and they're going, man, if Florida was on this schedule, our don't. And I don't know what their donation number is, but let's just say it's a thousand dollars because I'm not very good at math. If Florida was on our schedule at home, we could double that Mm -hmm. and we we would still sell out. And so you take that over the course of 80,000 people over the course of the next five years. And that is a humongous number. You don't hear any chatter on the Florida side of this. I think they're very content with having the game in Jacksonville. Now, Mike Griffith's article also brought up travel, as we've heard for years. Florida gets on a bus. Georgia gets on a plane. That was uh, that, that, made mention again in the piece. That's so stupid. That, yeah. that, that, that part is so dumb. I mean, it, it's just Florida gets on a bus, they get on a plane, and Georgia's travel time is less. Well, probably, yeah. I, it's just that, that part is so dumb. Y'all, y'all just say what it is. Like, that's the only part that's really pissing me off about this. Just say what it is. We want more money. Period. And if you don't give us more money, then we're going to push for a home and home. Again, it's a couple of years down the road, but certainly there is a lot of – this chatter's happened in the past, but there's certainly a lot of smoke this time around. And I think it's being led by Kirby Smart. I think Kirby Smart's one of the main mm, guys in nah. this. It's being, it's being directed by Kirby Smart. It's coming from above Kirby Smart. Kirby, we need you to get on this bandwagon. We need you to be the voice of it. Right. Kirby, you want that Dabo Sweeney deal in a couple of years? We need to bring in additional revenue. Here's how it is. Well, Georgia, by the way, Georgia understands how frustrating that's going to be for some of their fans. Those big money boosters in South Georgia are not going to like this whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, So we'll see what happens. But it is certainly a situation worth monitoring. Finally, Matt Hayes, uh, Bleacher Report. He's also every day on XL Primetime on 1010XL and 92.5 Radio in Jacksonville. Wrote a story that came out last week chronicling the struggles of Willie Taggart and your number one at Florida State. And the, the basis of the article, and Matt talked to a lot of people in Tallahassee, got a lot of direct quotes from people about the status of the program. Willie has taken blame for the 5-7 and seven record last year, but there are people within that organization both now and, and, you know, last year that would blame a little more maybe on Jimbo Fisher and the way he left it. Now let me ask you this. Dan Mullen and Willie Taggart are on the same timeline, both year one, 10-3 for Mullen, uh, what Taggart went five and seven, both coming into year number two. Why did Dan Mullen, Denny? Because I think they both inherited decent rosters. Why did Dan Mullen in year number one at Florida have so much more success, in your opinion, than Willie Taggart did year number one in Tallahassee? Because he's a better coach. It's night and day. I mean, that's that's why a, is he a better? That's coach? a simple answer. He he's he's a better play caller. He's an elite play caller, um, elite elite, top five in the country, the top three in the country. Um, he's able, and, and he, here's, here's what happened on the field is Taggart lost the guys right away because Taggart was a ton of sizzle and there was nothing else to it. Ooh. Right. All right. Last year. I like Willie Taggart. I'm pulling for Willie Taggart. Um, I really do, but it was all sizzle. There was no substance at all. Mullen took the opposite approach. Mullen was, I'm going to stay quiet over here in my corner and we're going to win some football games. And he almost lost it against Kentucky. Like, all of us were yeah. like, oh, crap, right? And then he pulled it out at the end with a couple of big wins. Um, and so all of a sudden now the narrative was, well, all right, well, we got a good coach. Here's what I will say. Okay, A, 
Matt, love you to death, but you got a little bit of a man crush on Willie Taggart. Okay, just 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 a hair. Denny said it. I didn't. Doesn't mean I haven't thought it in the past. It's okay. It's okay. I've told I Matt think, that. He, I think he does like Willie Taggart. Right. So that that's okay. But here's, I agree with everything that he wrote except for the amount of blame that he put on Jimbo. At some point, what you got to get on Taggart about the fact that they couldn't call a play. Well, that and 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 this was in the piece when Chauncey Gardner Johnson of the Florida Gators is on the field telling the Florida State Seminole sideline, you guys got 10 players out here. Mm-hmm. You need another wide receiver that, that's what out I'm here. Saying. When and an opposing player is telling you that, I'm sorry, that has nothing to do no. with how Jimbo Fisher left the program. But it does have everything to do with where that program was mentally. They were checked out. They, I think if you could go back and redo it and you would have just said, hey, Francois, you're done here. We're, we're done with you. I think their season turns around. They don't. They're not what Florida is, but they're, you know, eight and four. Yeah. And they're in a bowl game, or they're seven and five, and they're in a bowl game. I don't know what Francois had on Taggart or whoever. I don't know. I don't know what the deal was, but he was terrible. Well, you tell me. And, and look, you follow recruiting as closely as I do. I mean, we are on top of it. I think. And I didn't think Denny that Dan Mullen inherited that much better of a team than Willie Taggart did. He inherited the same team. He inherited, right. They were the same, but I same. don't think they were vastly better. Okay, but you have to admit, though, that two completely different situations, and James says this all the time, Mullen walked into a situation where the coach was fired, right? And Mullen came in with a track record. After the hypothetical death threats. Right. However he was fired, he was fired. By the way, McElwain, a million dollars earlier this week, paid uh, in full to him by the University of Florida. Congrats. Congrats to Coach Mack. Yeah. Um, So he walked into a situation the coach was fired. So the kids are, hey, let me get to the next guy. Florida State, their coach left them. Like, their coach literally just left for greener pastures and more money and and was talking about it for two years and telling these kids we're staying. That's a completely different dynamic in the locker room you've got to deal with. Completely different. So I think Taggart did a poor job of that. I think Taggart thought that, hey, I can come in here and I can be a player's coach and we can dance around this literally. And we can do all this kind of stuff. And then my guys are going to be so hyped up that they're going to run through a wall. Well, the first time you get hit in the mouth, man, your plan goes away. Yeah. Like, the, there is no plan when you get punched in the mouth. It was a Mike Tyson said that. Like, and that's what happened. Mullen had a plan for that. Mullen was, like I said, more substance. Taggart was all sizzle. Um, I will say this. The addition of Kendall Browse will make a huge difference. Getting Francois out of there will make a huge difference. If James Blackman can play. James Blackman is a dog, man. James Blackman is good. Okay. I, I like James Florida's Florida and Florida State are fine at the quarterback position. They have no depth at Florida State. If he goes down, which is possible, um he's not he's he's fragile a little bit in build. But he's he's a good player. So if if, if he can have a good year which I expect he will, and Kendall Browse will bring in what he needs to bring in, the talent is there uh, to do something. And the offensive line, much like Florida, shouldn't be an issue because they're trying to get rid of the ball quickly. Let me ask you this as we begin to wrap things up. Uh, on the recruiting trail, Dan Mullen, Willie Taggart. Uh, Mullen's still a top-ten class. Mullen's brought in some terrific talent. We talked about him flipping Derek Wingo, the linebacker out of Fort Lauderdale who was committed to Penn State. He's now committed to the University of Florida. Gerald Mincy, a big offensive lineman, mm-hmm. is committed in the last month or so. Florida State, interestingly enough, Denny, is receiving commitments – yet they're dropping mm-hmm. in the rankings. They're down to 15th. It wasn't that long ago they were in the top 10 of the 24-7 composite. What are you hearing in regards to here we are in the summer, season right around the corner, 
Mullen v. Taggart on the recruiting trail. I'm not really hearing anything, but I know this. If both of them start out hot, they'll both end up in the top seven. If Florida State starts out flat like they did last year, it's going to get ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, because it, because every coach is going to go through his recruits and go, oh, you like Willie Taggart? Yes, sir, I love Willie Taggart. Well, he's not going to be there. So why are you going to go there? There's already some of that happening. Right, there's already that's that I'm not saying Mullen because Florida does a good job of recruiting the kid, not against some other programs. So coaches really are already floating the idea Absolutely. to kids about Taggart. Yeah, you think security. like I mean that you think how easy is this to say to a parent? You love Willie Taggart, tell me you love Willie Taggart. You think he's gonna be there all four or five years when he just went five and seven? No. Like it's an easy narrative now. If Taggart comes out and he starts out four and oh, five and oh, five and one, whatever it is, until they play Clemson and get drummed, um, then you'll see their class do much, much better. At this point, it's about on the field. At the point we're at now, you keep recruits, you get recruits by winning football games. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. This is Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Final thought, Denny, about a minute to go. I know you're not a basketball guy, but I told Frank Frangie I would bring this up for you. Kerry Blackshear Jr. has committed to the University of Florida, so now the Gators, two McDonald's All-Americans and the best grad transfer in the country for Mike White and the Gators. A lot of expectations, preseason top 10 already in a lot of publications. So not so much breaking down the players per se, but Florida has got a lot of people thinking really good things about men's basketball heading into the month of October. That is awesome. I can't wait to watch in February. <laughs> when, the, when the conference <laughs> schedule starts. Hey, I had to mention it. I had to mention it. Uh, you're on Sports Den all week uh, this week. Actually moved up, right? Yeah, we moved up. Yep. Yeah, you're what, moved 7 up. o'clock uh, every night except tonight, 8 There's o'clock a little bit tonight. of a moving target. Yeah. Yeah, 8 o'clock tonight, 7 o'clock. Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock on Friday night. All right, so Denny Thompson, yep. big game, James Coleman on the Sports Den. Of course, you can catch me on XL Primetime, noon to 3 on 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Denny, have a happy 4th of July, my man. You too. For Denny Thompson, I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Thank you for listening to Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network.